Today we're gonna to talk about topicals. Whether it's CBD, CBG, CBN, a little bit of THC, we're gonna talk about topicals and tinctures and capsules and everything else on this uh, headset report. We don't often examine a lot of cannabis categories in this single report, but there's some interesting trends emerging. Everything capsules, tinctures, sublinguals, and oil categories, all of that are coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. We're going to start this one off looking at market share for capsules and oils and tincture and sublinguals in the U.S. and Canada from uh, 2020. Looking at um, tinctures and sublinguals experiencing a largest decrease in market share during that period, dropping from uh, 1.7 to 0.85. So, almost cut in half there. Capsules decreased um, slightly overall in the combined market share, but the categories showing some resilience and market share has been trending slightly upwards since the end of 2021. Oil being the smallest contributor, uh, unsurprisingly, it's um, tracked in Canadian markets only. So oil shares a decrease from 0.66 to 0.4. A lot of people ended up working from home right after that initial wave with with COVID. And so we saw edibles tick up significantly. And maybe that was the uh, maybe that was the deal. There was just an exchange from uh, capsules that maybe they took while they were physically at work uh, to more THC dominant edibles while they were at home. A little bit of a deeper dive into that market share of uh, capsules, oils and tincture sublingual categories some slight growth towards the end of the year last year. And the total share of the combined categories in the U.S. and Canada growing about 10% for capsules. And then um, oil and the other remain pretty constant throughout that two-year time frame with tinctures and sublinguals showing the largest decrease from 51% to 41% in overall sales. So tough time for anybody, anybody who's really stayed in business after the pandemic, in my opinion, is got something going for them. There's, there's a lot of failures in, in any tough times. The pandemic being essential business was an asterisk because of the um, essential business and the uptick and stay at home and the amount of money that people were using from the stimulus checks, direct correlation to the amount of cannabis being spent. And it was probably more edibles and less of these with what we consider therapeutic products, the, the tinctures and sublinguals, and said so they were going towards the edibles and the flower and the pre-rolls. When we look at individual states uh, in the U.S. and provinces up in Canada, you can kind of see that um, capsules doing pretty well up in Canada. Oil products doubling that demand and market share of capsule products during the same time period in the Canadian province. When we look at the U.S., California, Massachusetts have the highest combined market share for capsules. Um, sales to those categories in California accounted for over 3% of the total market share. In Massachusetts, looks like 1.8%. Outside of that, Oregon had 1.7%, so not too bad. My preference over you know, um, a, a tincture like this would be that the capsules I've had in the past don't really work that well. I don't know if it's the brand. I haven't tried a lot of brands. I've tried, you know, three different brand capsules and they didn't work. Uh, really disappointing because I needed them to work and they didn't. Um, and so I just kind of stick to the 
tinctures and I stick to brands that I like, like Element Apothic. I like how they have CBD, CBG, CBN, um, a local brand here that has THC. I really like this 20 to one uh, from um, Green Revolution. They're in California and Washington. They're, or they originated in Washington, but Green Revolution tincture is a 20 to one THC to CBD and works really, really well. When we look at just capsules, we can see that um, in Canada, the majority of sales can be attributed to a hybrid product that contains CBD, CBN. Uh, CBN is going to really help you with uh, nighttime. I think a lot of people kind of want their brains to shut off at night, but they don't want that, that 20 to 1 that I mentioned. They don't want the THC at all, even though you need what, you know, the entourage effect. You need a little bit of THC in order to, to have a full uh, uptake or, or bioavailability. Um, but CBN is going to help a little bit at night to kind of help shut the brain off. Nothing does that better than THC, in my opinion. Uh, when you look at um, in the U.S., products that have CBD, CBN, they made up only 21% of sales in 2021. But I think that's pretty quick. You know how long it took CBD to become popular? Now that CBN is out, it's not going to take very long for something like a CBG for like a I use CBG in my coffee or a tincture for an anti-inflammatory. CBL going to be something more for pain if people don't want THC. A lot of these cannabinoids are going to take off fairly quickly because CBD just blazed that trail and now people are able to find cannabinoids that work right for them. Suppositories were not included on the list in case you were wondering. They only made up 0.2% of sales in the U.S. and 0% in Canada. But as the editor of Edibles Magazine told me in an interview once, uh, they are a performance enhancing drug. So when he took this suppository for, uh, you know, it was gonna be, he was writing an article or whatever. So he took this suppository and was, then he got a call and he's like, hey, we need you to come down to this bowling tournament. And he was not like prepared to go anywhere really. So he ended up going, I think he forgot that he took it. Um, I don't know how you do that. But anyways, he's bowl, he bowled like damn near perfect game. Um, so he got like uh, almost a, a near 300 on that. So for him, suppositories are a performance enhancing drug. All right, looking at the average item price of those three categories, again, from January of 2020 to December of 2021, that all three categories have a steady decline in average item price, meaning that people are not spending as much and or prices of those manufacturers are coming down or both started off at $42 and change in January 2020 and then dropped a fifth finishing at like $34 and change. Uh, and so both saw nearly identical decreases around uh, 20%. And topicals weren't the only thing that saw a massive decrease. Everything pretty much at the wholesale and retail level um, could be you know, inflationary pressure, although I'm not sure cannabis cares about that too much. I think there's just a lot of competition and people are pulling back. Like I said, my, my brother-in-law quit smoking cannabis. Oh, if he's willing to quit, I'm sure other people are willing to cut back. Again, looking at average item price, how much it changed annually in 2020 across all the months, capsules were $28. And then last year, they were $25. So a little over a 9% decrease. And using that same method, the oil category expense a greater year-over-year -year decrease at 10.3%. And sublinguals and, and tinctures were uh, down 8%. How much are people buying when they buy these packages? Are you just buying like one, one uh, serving or what? Looking at a percentage of unit volume and how much they're buying um, in the U.S. and Canada, 
So the units, um, they vary in each country. Canada's packaging sizes are typically measured in milliliters of liquid compared to milligrams of THC in the US. The dominant packaging in 2021 in Canada was a 30 milliliter single package size. It was 78% of all products that were sold up there. Um, next to most popular package sizes, 20 milliliter, 15 milliliter. For the US, when all they care about is like milligrams, how high am I gonna get or how fast? am I going to get high? Cause it's not even really how high you're going to get. That's the terpenes. And maybe eventually the American consumer will get to that point. <laughs> but uh, 28% of the total unit volume was an accumulation of sizes grouped together as other. Uh, so it means they're not even categorizing them. They just don't even care about that category. And so whoever's entering it into the systems, like whatever. So that's varying levels of THC, like hundred milligrams. So 100 milligrams and zero to five milligram sizes are the second and third largest segment in the U.S., making up 18 and 12% respectively. Capsule package sizes in Canada, they like their uh, 75 milligram THC and 100 milligram THC in the U.S. Some brands sell better than others. Um, so looking at the top five brands in Canada, it looks like consumers spent collectively $14 million on Redcan uh, capsules. So up in Canada, that's 20 cents per milligram of THC for Redican capsules compared to the U.S. When we look at the top five brands down here, um, Buddies is like seven cents. 1906 is 10 cents. So they're all about uh, low dose formulations, but um, much, much cheaper in the U.S. So I don't know how Canada is going to try to compete up there in, in a world where there's federal legalization down here. Um, Top oil brands in, in Canada, again, ReadyCam, oh, looks like a $1.10 per milligram of THC. You look at the US, top five tinctures and sublinguals, um, $3.93 per milligram of THC uh, on average down there. So a little bit different. Given the potential for maturation innovation with established and emerging cannabis markets, there's plenty of opportunity in these categories to continue to drive development, whether that includes new products or advanced formulations or brands that speak to the ever-changing cannabis consumer. It'll be exciting to see what comes up for those cannabis categories. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.